الرحمن الرحيم أن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله صلوات الله والسلام عليه أما بعض يقول الإمام الذهبي رحمه الله تعالى الكبيرة الثامنة أكل مال اليتيم ظلما قال الله تعالى إن الذين يأكلون أموال اليتام ظلما إنما يأكلون في بطونهم نارا وسيصلون السعيرا وقال الله تعالى ولا تقربوا مال اليتيم إلا بالتي هي أحسن وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام اجتنبوا السبى الموبقات وذكر منها أقل مال اليتيم الإمام الذهبي may Allah عز وجل have mercy upon him he says the next kabira is the major crime and the major sin of devouring and eating the monies of the orphan unjustly. And he brings only two ayat of the Quran from Surah An-Nisa and one hadith that we've been dealing with in a few of the chapters have, that have already proceeded. The first ayat that he brings is the statement of Allah Ta'ala, Verily those people who eat the monies of the orphans oppressively with vulm, they do nothing but eat inside of their stomachs the fire, and they're going to enter into the sa'ir, into the jahannam. And he brought the second ayat in which Allah Ta'ala said, And do not come close to the money of the orphan except to make it better. Do not come close to it, not to mention using it. Don't come close to the money of the orphan to make it better. And the last delil that he used for this short chapter, that even though it's a short chapter, the meaning of it is azim and thaqil, is the hadith in Bukhari Muslim, Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu said that he heard the Prophet say, Sallallahu alayhi wasallam Stay away from the seven things that will destroy you And he mentioned from them Eating the money of the orphan As it relates to the orphan ikhwani The orphan in Arabic is the yatim And the yatim has a special position in this deen And there are a lot of misconceptions and misunderstandings That we have as it relates to the yatim Some of us are sitting here and we think that the yatim is not connected to us because we don't have any relatives who are yatim. We may not even know we're yatim. But the yatim is connected to everyone in this masjid. Before we get into that, who is the yatim? The orphan is the boy or the girl who lost their father when they were young. If they lost the father and he was a teenager, he was old, that is not a yatim. The yatim is that miskeen, that da'if child who lost his father or her father when they were young. That's the yatim. And the yatim may be a person who is ghani. He may be rich, filthy rich. And even if he is rich, he is still da'if. 
And the delil of that is that the Prophet says, وسلم, after he got on the member to show everyone the importance of the issue, Inni uharraj mal ad-da'ifain, al-yateem wal-mar'a. Verily, he says, وسلم, I am bothered, I am concerned about the money of the two weak people. So even if the yatim is rich, he described them as being weak. Verily, I'm worried about and I'm concerned for the monies of the two weak people. The first one is the yatim. His father is gone. So those people who are older than him, those people who are responsible for his estate and his money, they steal his money and he can't do anything about it because of his daf, his weakness and his small size and his age. And the second one who I'm concerned about the money because she is weak is the woman. And we're going to deal with that inshallah in some chapters that are going to come concerning the man who marries a woman. He does what he has to do with her and then he runs away without giving her her, ma- her dowry, her mahar. So the point of all of that is that the yatim, even if he is ghani, he is da'if. And he deserves to be paid attention to. And his position in the religion of Islam, Ikhwani, is a high position. He told us, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, on the authority of Sahl ibn Sa'd, Radiallahu Anhu, Sahl Bukhari, Ana wa kafir al yatim, lahu awli ghayrihi, kahataini fil jannah, wa farraqa baynaha. He says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I will be along with the one who takes care of an orphan. Whether that orphan is his orphan or someone else's orphan. I will be like this with them in Jannah. Sahil ibn Sa'd radiallahu anhu, the companion and narrator of the hadith, he said, when Rasulullah said this hadith, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he split his fingers. He didn't say like this, he said like that. And that is because as the ulama of Islam said, no one, no zawja, no other nabi, no angel, no child is going to be with Rasulullah sallallahu in Jannah because he has the maqam in Mahmud. That is only for him and no one else because he is the Sayyid, the Bani Adam. So his wives will be in close proximity to him but they won't be with him like that. The awliya will be in close proximity but they won't be like that. The mujahideen, the one who takes care of the yateen. You will be close to the Prophet And where is Rasulullah's maqam al-Mahmud? It is in the Jannah al-Firdaus. So the position of the yateen in the deen is exalted and it is high. Another proof of that, the exalted position of the yateen and how he's connected to everyone here, is that he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Man arada an yalina qalbuhu min al-qaswa, falyamsah biraqs al-yateen. Whoever wants to get rid of and do away with the harshness or the hardness of his heart, then go and find an orphan and rub his head. So if you're a person who can listen to the book of Allah being recited by a good reciter, that reciter may start crying, but it doesn't affect you. You never cry for no reason at all. Someone close to you, your mother may die. May Allah prevent that from happening unless they die on a tawheed. A person's close relative, loved one may die and the man can't even force himself to cry because he has the qaswa in his heart. 
He's shadeed with his wife, shadeed with his children. He doesn't want to be like that, but he seems as if he can't help it. When he goes away, he feels sorry for the way he dealt with his children. And he wants to find out, how can I get rid of this shidda? He says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Man arada an yalina qalbuhu an al-qaswa fal yamsah bi-ra'as al-yateem Let him go and find an orphan and simply rub his head. Wallahi, we believe in that. We believe in that. The aqlaniyoon, those people who put the taqdeem of the aql on the naql, they may say, well I rubbed the head of an orphan and my heart didn't become soft. That's because Allah didn't want the tawfiq for you. So we believe in those issues, that the orphan is a creation, that all you have to do is touch his head. So if you know of an orphan, and you have this, and you suffer from this, or your heart is already soft and you want to make it more softer, then rub the head of the orphan. The Prophet ﷺ also said, in explaining and showing to us the position of the yateem in this ummah, in Allah Ta'ala, لا يقدس أمة لا يعتون الضعيف منهم حقه Allah the Most High will not purify He will not cleanse an ummah who they do not give the weak ones from amongst them their rights and the yateem have a lot of hukuk as Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran أَرَأَيْتَ الَّذِي يُكَذِّبُ بِالدِّينِ فَذَلِكَ الَّذِي يَدُعُ الْيَتِيمِ Have you seen the one who disbelieves and he denies the hereafter? That is the one who repels and he's repulsive towards the yaqeen or the yateen. فَأَمَّا الْيَتِيمَ فَلَا تَقْهَرْ Do not be rough and tough with them. The person who is rough and tough with the yateen, it is as if he doesn't believe he's going to be raised up يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ to deal with what he put forth as it relates to that yateen. So the yateem in this deen, he has a position that is alim, whether it is your relative or not your relative. So those of you who know, like what's been going around recently on one of the good Muslim internet sites, there were two young children. They lost their parents in America, Muslims. So the Muslims were looking for someone to take care of these two children. Because if the Muslims didn't hurry up and come to take the responsibility, they were going to be put in a home with kuffar. When we hear about issues like that, we don't adopt them because adoption is not permissible in Al-Islam. But we become the kafil, the one who is responsible for that yateen. Another issue about the yateen that's misunderstood is that you may be a yateen. And you may feel that your life is difficult because you had to grow up depending on Allah and then upon yourself. And there was no one to take care of you. That's why he's the da'if. Because he doesn't have his father whose job it is to defend him and to look out for him. So that absent father who is not defending his children right now, but he's living, you're no better than leaving your child as an orphan. The responsible Muslim father is the one who's going to go to the school to deal with the problems that his child is facing in the school. The kuffar who study with his child are using abusive language towards his child. He's in the school when the bell rings, before the assembly. I want the headmaster, I want his teacher, I want the parents of that child. Father's never that busy where he has to say to his mother or his wife, you go sort it out, and she can't even speak English. 
The Yatim is da'if because the father is not there to defend for him. For the person who grows up as a Yatim or he is a Yatim right now, or he knows of a Yatim, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was the Imam of the Aitam. He was the Imam of the people who are Yatims, orphans, because he himself was an orphan as you all know. Alam fa'awa. Didn't we find you as an orphan, Ya Muhammad, and we protected you and took care of you? So to be a yatim is not necessarily something that should be looked at as this is not a good thing. Rasulullah was a yatim, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and some tremendous imams of Al Islam were a tan, like Al Imam Al Shafi'i. Al-Imam Ahmed, Al-Imam Al-Bukhari, Al-Imam Ibn Abdul Bar were all from the Aitam. Tremendous ulama in Al-Islam. Which brings our attention to this point. When the dunya looks at Al-Imam Al-Bukhari who put forth the most authentic book in the dunya after the Kitab of Allah, that fadl goes back to his mother after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his teachers. Because the mother must have been doing her job to have the boy turn out to be a shaykh of al-Islam, an amir from the Umarab al-Hadith. So when we look at those ulama who became and who were a tan, yatims, then know as they say behind every powerful man, behind every great man there's a great woman, behind every yatim there is a great woman. So this is a call to our wives, our sisters, our aunts, the mothers of the Muslim Shabbat to stop preoccupying themselves with Bollywood and all of that other nonsense and rehearse the Qur'an with our children and cause your children to love Al-Islam and the Qur'an and the Sunnah. The little boy, his name is Mu'adh ibn Afra and Mu'adh ibn Amr, two little kids. On the day of Badr went Abdullah ibn Auf radiallahu anhu. And they said, where is Abu Jahl? Two little guys. Where is Abu Jahl? He asked them, what do you two want with Abu Jahl? They said, we're going to kill him. Because he used to curse Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's how he used to deal with the sunnah. We're going to kill him. Abdurrahman ibn Auf couldn't do anything but smile and point. He thought it was strange. Do you know who Abu Jahl is? There's no one in the dunya today, a personality from these kuffar who is on par with Abu Jahl's personality. Do you know who Abu Jahl is? Doesn't make any difference. He cursed Rasulullah. So we're going to kill him or die trying. That's how we want our women to raise our children. But if we as husbands and brothers are not given an example, then how is it expected that our women are going to be uppermost and foremost in that? So behind every yatim, there is a woman who has a great responsibility. And it's not strange, Ikhwani, that Al-Islam even gave her a special position. The Prophet said about her, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, As-sa'i ala al-armalati wal-miskeen, kal-mujahid fi sabilillah, wa kal-qa'im al-ladhi la yaftar, wa kal-sa'im al-ladhi la yuftir. Whoever goes after taking care of a woman who is a widow, an armala, she lost her husband. She may have children, she may not have children. She's an armala. 
Whoever goes after taking care and looking after the woman who's a widow in our religion, he will be like the mujahid fi sabilillah. He will be like the one who was praying and he never goes to sleep and he never stops praying. He is like the one who was fasting and he never breaks his fast. So when the Muslims were united and they were brothers and they were holding on to this kitab and sunnah, one of the companions will hear a hadith like that and he'll go to look for the girl to find out who's the girl who has been whittled. I want to marry her. And his wife would not say, "Audhu billah, over my dead body, I'm going to my mother's house, I want a divorce, I want a khula. She knew that she would be helping a person who this was his characteristic. So I say to you, the men from amongst you, ar-rijal minkum. As for he who was not a man, he who was not in control of his situation with hikman adil, then this is not for you. But for the responsible rijal minkum and aqwiya, marry the armala from the ummah, from your country, from this country, marry those women who have been abandoned by our brothers and they don't take care of their children. Marry those women who they are taking care of, yatama, the aytam. And that's the description that the Prophet gave for them, sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. Concerning the yatim, there's an important point, and Imam al-Dhahabi said after bringing those two ayat in the hadith, he said, وَكُلُّ وَلِيًّا لِيَتِيمًا كَانَ فَقِيرًا فَأَكَلَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ فَلَا بَأْسَ فَلَا بَأْسَ عَلَيْهِ وَمَا زَادَ عَلَى الْمَعْرُوفِ فَسُحْتٌ حَرَامٌ وَالْمَعْرُوفِ يُرْجَعْ فِيهِ إِلَى عُرْفِ النَّاسِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ الْخَالِينَ مِنَ الْأَغْرَاضِ الْخَبِيثَةِ And that's the end of the chapter. But this kalam of al-Imam al-Dhahabi should be written in Dhahab. This book right here, and what we're about to share with you right now, you students of knowledge have to remember this. And Imam al-Dhahabi said, every person who is responsible for yatim, if you are poor, then it's okay for you to eat from the monies that you're protecting of the yatim. It's permissible, you're miskeen, you're faqir. It's okay for you to use his money, his estate, to survive because you're taking care of him. But you should eat with ma'roof. You should eat with what is acceptable, with what is reasonable. The orphan has 100,000 pounds. All he sees from that is 10,000 pounds. And you took the rest saying, I needed that to facilitate his property. And you brought a nice car and you have a nice house for yourself. La. You eat with what is ma'roof. And Imam al-Dhahabi, and this is the point, he said, والمعروف يرجع فيه إلى عرف الناس المؤمنين الخالين and الأغراض الخبيثة and the معروف the عرف in our religion is determined by what the believers consider to be the custom the believers who do not have dirty intentions bad ideas the customs in Al-Islam are important because the customs the عرف can make something halal or haram the urf, the customs, it has a place in this religion as long as it doesn't go against the deen. For an example, when we travel, if you travel from here to London, you can shorten your prayer. You can combine your prayer. Why? Is there a hadith that said that? There's no hadith that said that. 
As a matter of fact, the Prophet ﷺ combined his prayer for distance way shorter than that. He combined his prayer for distance from this masjid to the airport. Shorter than that, he combined his salah. When he was going for the Hajj, and he went to Dhul Hulayfa. From Medina to Dhul Hulayfa, it's a short distance, six miles. Less than that, he shortened his prayers. He never gave us a distance by which we are allowed to shorten our prayers. So what did the scholar say? You shorten the prayer according to what is the custom of the people whenever they're going to take a trip. So from here to London is a trip to us, to the Muslims. So that urf counts. So the urf is determined by the Muslims and not by the kuffar. وَخُذُ الْعَفْوَ وَأْمُرْ بِالْعُرْفِ وَأَعْرَدْ عَنَ الْجَاهِلِينَ Forgive them, Ya Muhammad, and order with the custom, the custom of the Muslims, and turn away from the jahilin. So, this is a book of a mu'idah. But Al-Imam al-Dhahabi dealt with a fiqh issue. If you want to give a person the delil, what is the urf? What's the definition of the urf? You can find it in al-Dhahabi's book, Kitab al-Kaba'ir, amongst other places. But you should remember this for your studies in the future. The last point as it relates to yatim, the yatim is those people who are responsible for the orphan, you need to address and you need to study those ayat from Surah Al-Nisa, those ahkam that are telling you how to take care of the money of the orphan. From those ayat, Allah Ta'ala, He said, وَبْتَلُوا الْيَتَامَ حَتَّى بَلَقُوا الْنِكَاحِ فَإِنْ آنَسْتُمْ مِنْهُمْ رُشْدًا فَاتْفَعُوا إِلَيْهِمْ أَمْوَالَهُمْ وَلَا تَأْكُلُوهَا إِسْرَافًا وَبِدَارًا يَكْبَرُوا فَإِذَا دَفَعْتُمْ وَمَنْ كَانَ غَنِيًّا فَلْيَسْتَعْفِفْ وَمَنْ كَانَ فَقِيرًا فَلْيَأْكُلْ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ فَإِذَا دَفَعْتُمْ إِلَيْهِمْ أَمْوَالَهُمْ فَأَشْهِدُوا عَلَيْهِمْ وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ هَسِيبًا Those of you who are responsible for the orphan and they're growing up, then test them to see their intellect. When they reach the age of maturity and they are at the age where they can get married, test them to see their intellect, to see whether or not they are in a position to take the money, to be responsible for the money. Because there's another ayah that says, لا تؤتوا ولا تؤتوا سفها أموالكم Don't give the foolish ones the money. You can't give someone the money and he's not going to deal with the money correctly. You give him 100,000 pounds and he goes and buys a car for 150,000 pounds. He's from the sufaha. Don't give those people the money. From your children, your wife, your relatives. If a person is safi, you will be a person who makes dua to Allah and your dua not accepted. Thalatha. يَدْعُونَ Allah. وَلَا يُسْتَجَابُ لَهُمْ رَجُلٌ كَانَ تَحْتَهُ إِمْرَاءَةٌ سَيِّئَةُ الْخُلُقِ وَالرَّجُلُ كَانَ لَهُ عَلَى الرَّجُلُ دَيْنٍ فَلَمْ يَكْتُبْهُ وَالرَّجُلٌ آتَى سَفِيهٍ مَا لَهُ وَقَدْ قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى وَلَا تُؤْتُوا سُفَهَا أَمْوَالَكُمْ Three people will make dua to Allah and Allah won't answer their dua. The first person is a man who's married to a woman who has bad character but he won't divorce her. The bad character here means he has doubt as to her ifa. He doesn't know if she's having relationships with other men. That's the meaning of bad character here. That's what the scholar said. 
They didn't mean all of our wives who make us angry sometimes because they're from the daughters of Adam. As we make them angry because we're from the sons of Adam. So don't think this ayah hadith is telling you divorce your wife because you're mad with her right now over some spat that you had. No. The hadith is talking about the woman who you doubt her sincerity to you. Or the terrible woman in her akhlaq. She's really a bad girl. The lady from Ahlul Kitab who drinks khamar. The lady from Ahlul Kitab who smokes marijuana and watches dirty films and you're still married to her. What kind of love is that? You make dua to Allah and there's no answer for that dua. Why? Because, because of your language and the way you're dealing with her. All of your sins and your dhunub and ma'asi, they're so great Allah doesn't answer. Second one is a man who borrowed another man money and he didn't have him to write it down. It's your responsibility when you give a debt that you tell the one who took the money you have to write it down. It's wajib. Kabir or sagheer. He'll make dua to Allah and his dua is not answered because when it's time to pay the money, that guy may forget. He may forget. How much did I give you? He may deny it. Then there's fitna between the Muslims and you've got to close the door to the fitna by saying, here's the paper. You wrote it down. This is your handwriting with two witnesses in your culture. Your uncle borrows money from you and you're shy to say, uncle, we have to write it down. You're shy, you're embarrassed, and you don't even say it. Here, the culture, the earth, let's throw it out of the window. In your culture, the lady walks around with no shirt on her chest, on her upper body. We're going to throw that out of the window. The culture here has no place. In your culture, when an elder comes, you make recall to him and you bend down to him. We're going to throw that out of the window. The third person will make dua to Allah and it's not answered, and that is the individual who gave the money to the Safi. And Allah said, don't give your money to the foolish ones. So in this particular ayat, Allah said, test them when they reach the age of marriage. Test their intellect. If you find that they are capable, then give them the money. Give them the money. And whoever is rich, then do not take from their money. You have enough of your own money. You just give them ihsan by taking care of them. You don't need their money. And whoever is poor and he's taking care of an orphan, then let him eat with what is ma'roof. Let him eat. Let him take from his money what is reasonable, acceptable. And do not eat their money and devour their money in an attempt to get rid of the money before they grow up. He's getting bigger and bigger. So each year, the amount of money that you're investing from his property is increasing. Because pretty soon he's going to be of the age of maturity. And you want him to be at zero when he gets to that age. Don't eat their money in an attempt to get rid of it before they grow up. And if you give them their money because you feel that they are intelligent, they can handle it, then take some witnesses and say, Come, look, I gave him his money and I'm free in the dunya and yomul qiyamah. So you need to come to understand this ayat and what the ulama said about that ayat. Anyone who is responsible for the monies of the orphan, let him fear Allah Ta'ala as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran. 
وَلْيَخْشَ الَّذِينَ لَوْ تَرَكُوا خَلْفَهُمْ ذُرِّيَةً ضِعَافًا خَافُوا عَلَيْهِمْ فَلْيَتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَلْيَقُولُوا قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا Let the one who is responsible for the money of the orphan, let him fear, let him be afraid of a situation where had he left his children behind and they were young and weak, he would have been afraid for them. None of us wants to leave our children like that. The companion thought he was going to die. Amr ibn al-Az, a rich man, Ya Rasulullah, I want to give all of my money away in sadaqah before I die in this sickness. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told him, لِيَنْتَتْرُكَ وَرَفَتَكَ أَغْنِيَا خَيْرُ مِنَ انْتَتْرُكُهُمْ يَسْأَلُونَ النَّاسِ Ya Amr ibn al-Az, for you to leave your children self-sufficient with money is better for you than to leave them asking the people, in need of the people. Beggars, leave them with some money. Teach them how to be self-sufficient to work for themselves. And again, we have to mention this, Ikhwani, because it's one of the problems we have as an ummah. The welfare state, the welfare system, it does injustice to the tarbiyah of the child. Show your son that you are a worker and you teach him work ethics. Don't leave your children du'afa where they need the people. So, those of you who are responsible for the monies of the orphan, your nieces, your nephews, your best friend nephew in charge of his son, his daughter, then fear that situation just as you would fear dying and your children are left behind like that. All of us are afraid of that. All of us who have children are afraid. If I die, who's going to take care of my children? So let him fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِذَا حَضَرَ الْقِسْمَةَ أُولُوا الْقُرْبَى وَالْيَتَامَى وَالْمَسَاكِينَ فَرْزُقُوهُ مِنْ وَقُولُوا لَهُمْ قَوْلًا مَعْرُوفًا And when it's time to give the money of the dead person, the deceased, you're going to distribute his money. If the relative of the deceased comes, if the orphan comes, if the poor person comes while you're distributing it, be sure to give them some of that money. An orphan, he has a position in this religion and those of us who are responsible for them should fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as it relates to their haqoq. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as it relates to the issue of the orphan in this religion, he used to go the extra yard to look out for the well-being of the orphan and that's his sunnah that we want to call all of you too.